Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday, December 1st edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. I cannot believe we've made it this far in 2020. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. What's on our radar? Well, we've got Zoom earnings to discuss. We've got a very interesting upgrade to NEO to discuss from Goldman Sachs. It's uh, bringing uh, EV stocks with it this morning. I'm sure we'll talk about Tesla. The S&P decided how they're going to add Tesla to the index later in the month. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll take questions from our, from our chats today as well. And we have two guests on our radar. Nick Shaheen will join us at 8.35. He's the author of Create Income with Option Spreads and SellSpreads.com. And then Sean Heron will join us at 9. He's the president and CEO of eOptions. going to tell us what their clients have done or been doing this year and what are the most popular uh, stocks on their platform. Uh, before I throw it to Joel, I want to remind you all to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, show us some love. Joel, pull up the chart of the S&P futures and enlighten us. How are we doing here in the overnight trading session? Close your eyes and guess here. S&P futures up 37.75 handles. Strong close is that uh, November uh, or December month end money was put to work here. Uh, one number, one number only. And we'll discuss what that important number is on the upside a little bit later in the show. Uh, crude, OPEC can't make up their mind uh, whether they cut or not cut down 24 cents at 45.10. Gold staging a little bit of a recovery. That's up $31.10 at 18.12. Silver in the green, let's just call it 92 cents at 23.51. And Bitcoin, uh-oh, getting a little volatile here. We got any Bitcoin news? Because it's down a thousand dollars. Just thousand five. The futures here at eighteen thousand seven hundred and forty. But uh, Bitcoin peeling back a little bit. Uh, buy it. I, I think you buy it. Buy the dip. I think Bitcoin is going a lot higher. I, I know it makes no sense. I still don't even you know know what the purpose of it is, and but it doesn't matter. It's all about story, and I think that story gets very hot in 2021. So staying long and strong. You're learning. All that matters is story, Joel. You can't look <laughs> at fundamentals and say, "Oh, it's digits on a computer screen and it's meaningless." You just got to go with story. I am long because I believe that the story will get hot. That is the only reason I am long. And I think that continues to drive it. Joel, did you ever find your, your key? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. I did. Yep. Yep. I'm in good shape. Where he had his lost Bitcoins. (laughs) Yeah. I wish I would have left a few (laughs) in there, but uh, anyways, I mean, it's, uh, it's down a thousand, a little bit of a pullback by the dip. We'll see what, uh, what transpires here, but just been a heck of a 20,000. That's just, you know, we talk about whole numbers, right? And we talk about whole numbers and stocks, and it's just funny. It's just kind of, you know, it has got above 20,000 uh, the last two sessions, but it also trades technically. What are the, what are the two highs that you had here uh, from the last two sessions? 
uh, pretty close. I mean, considering it's a $20,000 instrument, $20,260 and $20,360. Uh, the Thanksgiving dip, I don't even, I don't think we'll see that. Uh, that low was $16,500. The dip lasted a day. Yeah. It lasted a day. Maybe two days. I mean, that's just showing you the strength of the thing. So every time you get a dip, it's just another buying opportunity. I don't know. I don't know how, what, what derails it now? Like I always, you know, I challenged years ago when I was not a Bitcoin fan that it's just numbers on a computer screen. And, you know, I listen to Peter Schiff and agree with them that, you know, you can't just create wealth from nothing, but that's exactly what they've done. <laughs> that's what exactly what they did. They created wealth from nothing. Just, okay, we'll put these digits on a computer screen and people will put value on these digits and they'll pay for it. And you know what? It's just got such um we we the story died out there in 2017 2018 and when it went from 20,000 to 3,000 you're like okay this is it but it came back and now the story is starting to get hot again now you have hedge funds talking about it and you got the Winklevon twins which are always pumping it but you know they're talking about target price target of five hundred thousand dollars which seems absolutely ludicrous to me but I get the idea that this is just a story it's a hot story. And that's, you know, what me and Mitch talk about all the time. Story is what matters. Fundamentals are meaningless when you have a hot story. We don't have any fundamentals really with Bitcoin, in my opinion. I know we've had, you know, other people on the show trying to argue a fundamental case for it. You know, Winklevon Twins trying to argue the fundamental case that's going to be worth as much as gold. But really, you know, it, it, it doesn't do anything. It's not like you can look at it and say, okay, well, you got cash flows to analyze or you got this. You don't have anything. But what I've always said to you guys over the last couple of years, even listening to the show, is it doesn't matter. Story is what matters. The story is completely intact. And I believe the story gets hotter in 2021. And that is the only reason I am long. Did you read about the uh, CEO of MicroStrategy, MSTR? Did you read about that? That is just a crazy stock, too. I mean, this thing moves. Did you see the moves in the in the in okay, that you can say, you know, the stocks, even AMD, the move yesterday in AMD was completely Bitcoin, 110% Bitcoin, because Bitcoin's down today and AMD's down today. So people are like looking, oh, why is AMD down with the market up? Well, Bitcoin's down. Um, The move in MSTR, the move in Riot, Riot was up like 40% yesterday. Mara, which we talked about on this show back at $3 is now $6.28 closed yesterday. It's down this morning at 578, but People are scrambling around for any derivative play of Bitcoin, anything. And I think, you know, this is those stocks. You know, I, I don't know what to say. Like, you know, you look at these MSTRs and the stocks, you know, 200 to 350. I, I didn't hear that. Then tell us about the CEO of that company. Yeah, I just, uh, wow, lost my train of thought there. Um, I took first, first I, he put a chunk of his own money into Bitcoin, right? And then he put a chunk of the company's money into Bitcoin. This was a while ago. I mean, like a lot of money. So instead of holding cash and holding, you know, whatever and whatever you could get for cash or whatever, the company invested in Bitcoin and with a lot of money. And he also put a lot of his person. He's like, I put my money where my mouth is. I think I read that um, in Barron's uh, that he so not only did he put his own money in there, but he put the cash into the company. If companies start doing that. I mean, holy mackerel. I mean, there could be no end in sight, right? An alternative to dollar, alternative to cash, 
big company like that's putting their money in Bitcoin. Holy mackerel. So I read I that think- over the weekend. And also, I just want to say AMD, uh, Lisa Sue uh, was speaking at a Barclay Con or somewhere. And she said she expects PC demand to be very strong in 2021. So I think that was an additional catalyst there for uh for amd and we can argue you know everybody's going to argue the fundamental case i will tell you amd the market is seeing this as a bitcoin play i am long amd through the call spread i also bought amd straight up last week because i believe it's a bitcoin play i bought i believe around 85 dollars. so i'm long the stock and long the call spread i think it's going over 100 i think it's doing it soon i think the stock story continues and i think people see it as a bitcoin play How's that spread doing? Um, it's starting to work now because it's running out of Getting time. Close, so yeah. as it as it collapses here, it's only got. Well, I did the Jan, so it's still got a month and a half left, like six or seven weeks left here. But it's starting to trade off of you know where it should be. You know, right. looking at the value. I did the eighty one hundred. So when I put that on for I think five and a half bucks or six bucks, I said I thought AMD would be over a hundred by the end of the year. Um, it's been a wild ride <laughs> that call spread that I've had on the whole time. But I think now you kind of set up not bad. I would be buying pullbacks in AMD for the simple reason that I do believe it's going to be over 100 by the end of the year. I do believe we're going to have a melt up into the end of the year. I mean, yesterday's sell off quickly snapped up, you know, bought, bought up here this morning again by the market. I just think there's so many people who are underinvested that thought, you know, like me, that, you know, coronavirus is going to be a serious weight on the market for a long time. And they're all caught. And what, you know, is the concern here is inflation and people are looking, I'm concerned about inflation and people are looking and seeing cash, you know, and you throw your cash in your account getting 0.5%. You're not even keeping up with their posted rate of inflation. And we know that's all lies. So obviously with housing and lumber and everything else, there's, you know, serious inflation already out there that they don't track. And I believe more coming. So how do you protect yourself against that? You've got to be in assets. I mean, is Bitcoin the asset to it to do it? That's what the argument is for inflation hedge here. I don't totally buy that, but I don't have to buy anything. I just have to have all, all you have to do is have a hot story. So I don't care. I don't know the fundamentals of Bitcoin. I don't think there is any fundamentals. Hey, I know yeah. people are saying, I don't it, know what I'm talking about. But I don't think there's much there. But the Fed isn't. You're no, I know. That's why it's a real problem, because now you have a Fed that doesn't give a crap about inflation and they don't even track it right anyways. So, I mean, what do you do? You've got to be in assets that are going to inflate in price because I think we're going to have um, serious inflation concerns here going forward. And if the Fed doesn't care about it, if you've got inflation running 4 or 5%, which it very well could, and in real numbers, I mean, we've had Gil Morales on here t- talking oh, last year saying if call. they tracked it the way they did back in 1981, we'd be running 6 7% right now. So that's the true rate of inflation that they lie to you about. So, I mean, what do you do? You can't sit in cash. Cash is absolutely the worst asset. It feels awesome yesterday when you have a sell-off, but overall, it's been horrible. So I bought, I bought, you know, I'm buying more real estate. I'm trying to do everything I can to not have cash. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the crash is coming and maybe there's an imminent crash. Stocks are definitely overvalued. There's no doubt about it. But it's, again, the Tina trade, which everybody talks about. There's no other alternative. What are you going to do? I don't know about you, but I love my high yield savings account that yields 0.2%. 0.2%. 
some ridiculous like that. Zero point two percent. I know it's <laughs> ridiculous. What do you do though, Spencer? Like, where do you really go? I mean, think about the and think about you know where I was, you know, back in March, feeling pretty good, you know, even despite still losing a lot of money, but being in seventy percent cash in the in the great fall of March, and I was like, okay, that was a good move, and I had puts, you know, so I was actually you know to a point where you know I was I was almost hedged. But, you know, I didn't get back in in time. I'm not going to lie to you and say, oh, I bought the bottom, like Vector Vest, you know, calls the top. Calls nobody, the bottom. nobody buys the bottom. Yeah. Uh, well, they all buy, you know, they, everybody's buying and selling all the time. I bought Microsoft, you know, I bought Qualcomm. I bought a couple stocks down there. But, you know, I, I, as it rallied up, I missed a lot of it. So I've been scrambling. And every pullback, I scramble to get back into risk assets. So yeah. I'm like everyone else. Um, like I said, I'm doing it in different ways. I'm trying to do real estate and, you know, trying to pick up stuff, you know, where, you know, maybe, you know, I want to be in assets though. I don't want to be in cash. That's my point. And I think the biggest risk right now, I would still believe is inflation. Not making more land, Dennis. They are not making more land. Uh, oh, um, well, and so, so anyways, we're not, we're not about a real estate show here. We're about a stock show. I, I, so. I want to interject. We have a new EV play here this morning. Oh, my goodness. What do you have now? Black- Another Black- EV SPAC. No, it's BlackBerry. BB. How is BlackBerry an EV play? Oh, Come Rick, on. I'm so glad you asked, Dennis. Here is from the press release that went oh, uh, came out. Buck forty seven. Partnering with Amazon Web Services. Here we Ooh. go. BlackBerry will help automakers create personalized driver and passenger experiences and improve operations of cloud-connected vehicles with new BlackBerry QNX and Amazon Web Services technology. We talk about dogs barking, and this has been the last <laughs> month, a dog's market where, you know, the dogs have been taken off. I don't know where this thing just went, BlackBerry. I will tell you, though, I would not want to be short a stock like BlackBerry because this is everything about a dog. This is every. <laughs> this is a stock that has massively underperformed the market forever. They love that crap right now. So you get a headline here with them teaming up with, with Amazon. Amazon. That's the buzzword. I mean, this could, I would not want to be shorted at 712. So I'm not selling this pop. I don't own it. I would not be selling this pop, actually. I'd probably be holding on. Maybe it just gives it all back. Maybe it's just a bogus headline, you know, and it's not going to really be any revenue there. But I think you're going to pull back into the sixes. I actually think you buy this. And and that's just knowing with 30 seconds of analysis from Spencer's headline. So I have not dug (laughs) in and actually read anything about this deal. But I would just say the setup there to squeeze some BlackBerry shorts is there. A dog with fleas is basically. They're all dogs with fleas. I mean, and and, and again, I'm not saying you put all these stocks in your long-term portfolio, but the dogs are barking. They've been barking for a while here. So, I mean, you know, look at GE, you know, GE has went from seven to 10 bucks. Um, you know, BlackBerry has went up as well, but now you get a buzzword and it's like the forgotten tech stock that everyone hated. I, I think it could rally on this. What's it should? Did you guys pull up one of us pull up the short interest on that? That should be uh, interesting. I don't know if it's, I think all the shorts are pretty spooked. Short interest is down on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spooked. I, I always hedge myself some shorts and some longs, and I'm like, I get the rock uh, even sometimes. Let's see. Shortsqueeze.com is 5%. That's yeah, nothing. It's pretty low. That's nothing. 
Yeah, so it's not really a short squeeze candidate, but it is a candidate that I could see Robin Hood getting onto a name like that, couldn't you? Oh, a low price stock like that? Low price oh. stock, Amazon headline. I could see Robin Hood licking their chops at that. And you got to respect those Robin Hood traders because they'll move. When they get as a group and get on something, they move price. Let's see. How high did uh, Blackberry get? Let's go just back. Now? Just now? No, no. Well, I, I don't know. It just got, oh, the all-time uh, high? Yeah. Let's I think see. 140 bucks, maybe. 100, 140 Canadian, I think it was. Uh, man, you're gone. 140. No, it was U.S. $140. 148.13. Maybe go out to 147.99 just in case you, you, know, you don't want to miss that print. And 148, but it's been a dog. Look at this thing since uh, going 2013. But that, I mean, that with Amazon, I mean, we we'll have to dig more into the information on it. But uh, look at that. Look, consolidation, folks. That is a look at consolidation. And now a few quiet months. Uh, that, that just that just broke, right, Spencer? Yeah, I was we at, didn't talk about that on the pre pre market show. That was at eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, right on the money. So, I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, with all these electrical vehicles, EVs that people are going to have, like the navigation systems are going to be different. There's, you know, uh, it makes sense. I don't know if BlackBerry's the one that's going to have the technology. You know, obviously Amazon's putting a few a uh, few bucks behind it, but wow, BlackBerry uh, is continuing to make new highs. I'll just go to the monthly here because really the daily charts are going to be irrelevant. Uh, 7.80. No, what are we going back here? When's the last time? I mean, there's some highs, at, some monthly highs at uh, 8. Well, you got to go back a long way. It's hard, Joel. To yeah, find I'm not even going to try. Pass. This is just, I, I think I, I was talking up at 7.16. Some people were trashing me in the chat. 7.45. I, I just. Nine bucks. I don't want to be sure this. Nine I don't want to be sure at this. No one in the chat, uh, Scooboss, I think, just said, like hyenas on a carcass, right? The Robin Hood crowd. And when, when, when we say Robin That's Hood, so no, we don't, yeah. we, we don't need, we, I, I just want to say, I want to specify, we don't, we're not referring just to Robin Hood. We're referring to any platform that, that offers free trading and or like fractional share buying so like basically any retail platform because they're, they're they're all that way now it's not just robin hood it's really it's like all of them it's a, it's 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 the retail crowd rob robin hood is synonymous with the retail crowd um, yeah the, so. the dynamics of the market have completely changed over the course of the last since free trading has come in because you know retail used to be dismissed it was like 10 percent of the market's volume and it was just dismissed that you know dumb retail dumb money you know, and and um, was, they just weren't, you know, going to move stocks. It was just dismissed. It was institutions that moved it, move, move stocks. You know, the big institutions are coming in. The big boys, you know, you used to talk about coming in. The retail wasn't moving anything. That's not the case anymore. It's completely changed. The retail does dominate certain stocks. It don't dominate everything. But on those story stocks, they dominate. I would gather your volume on these story stocks, your retail volume is substantially higher than you know what it used to be and you've got to respect them you've got to respect the story you've got to respect that hey that's a story that could get hot i don't want to be short that because if the retail crowd grabs a hold of that it doesn't matter what the fundamentals look like because retail they don't look at the fundamentals they're not sitting there the robin hood traders aren't sitting there analyzing balance sheets they're looking at charts they're looking like what's going and you know what it's working so you know, good for them. I'm glad, you know, that's working because for so many years, retail has just been dismissed as dumb money. 
And you know what? I respect them now. And when I see a story like Blackberry, normally I'd be like, oh, this is a dog. And, you know, you sell these pops. Not in this market. Yeah, if Blackberry has this headline two years ago, I'd say sell it. I'm completely different in this environment here now because I've got to respect the retail trader that they could grab a hold of this and it could really move that. So you got to be careful. And just another thing, too. I mean, I, I don't mean it with a negative connotation at all, because I think what you had, you had um, some generations that got toasted, right? They got, uh, I mean, if you want to go back to 1987, if you go back to a tech bubble, you go back to the financial crisis. So a lot of these traders or the people that are on Robinhood are with you know, parents are just like, oh, you know, stock market. I mean, it's a, it, you know, you, it's, it's dangerous. So what it's done is it's, it's, you know, rejuvenated a whole different, you know, interest in the markets from a younger generation. So I, you know, they're, I mean, I don't know if they're following it strict fundamentals and everything, but uh, it's good. It brought awareness to the market and it's certainly, you know, the, uh, you know, the sell off in, in March and everything, it was good timing for them and these apps to get going. And they've been holding up, right? I mean, I, I know, I know they've had a few melt. Robin Hood's had a few problems and stuff, but I mean, it's good. It's bringing people. It's bringing people into the market. Uh, S and P's jumping around a little yeah. bit here. I don't know. What's are we seeing anything, or is just people saying, "Wow, oh, we're getting close near the all time high here." I'm trimming a little bit. Uh, you seen anything out there? Uh, no, this is chop. I think we're just chopping around here a bit. I mean, you have the buy the dippers coming in from yesterday's sell off because there was some stocks. They came in yesterday afternoon, though. I mean, off the morning, there was some good opportunities to get in some of these Momo names. Some of these stocks really got hit hard. I mean, Jemiah at one point was down almost 10 bucks. So, well, at least from um, 10 you know, bucks, really? Well, look, well, from two days ago, I guess. I'm oh, looking at it from the highest. Oh, $40.90. It got all the way down to 30 bucks. You might have an offering yesterday that we didn't cover. Is that what it was? I didn't know about that. It was yesterday morning. We didn't cover it. it I'm still long a small piece. Well, Jason, you know, like Jason says, I think I'm long 20% of my original investments. So I'm still long a piece just for fun, but I've sold the majority of it. I sold the majority of it too soon. Again, I already sell too soon. All right. Oh, wow. We're getting a lot of tips here. I, I'm going to say more nice things about Robin Hood here. I know. That's what <laughs> I should do. Just, just like all kinds of tips. <laughs> that's actually Robin Hood traders. Go, you know, there's some good ones. There's some good traders on there. You know, I saw Spencer uh, driving a Tesla the other day. I wonder if uh, where, where those tips are going, Spencer. <laughs> you take all our tips. Spencer. I don't know how to drive a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to. It drives true. itself. This is why the stock's worth a bazillion dollars. Yeah, well, hey, we maybe... should talk Tesla. This is a good segue because Tesla, we got yeah, some go. more information from the S&P last night. Spencer? Yeah, so I, those of you who all submitted comments telling the S&P to just man up and add it all at once, well, you, you got your wish. That's what, that's what's happening. They're going to add Tesla to the S&P 500 in one fell swoop, effective December 21st, which really means... <sighs> The Friday before they're the going for it, they're going for it. They are going for it. They're so going for it. What this means is the- nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> I've done S and P herb a lot of years, and I don't know what this means. I'm going to try to before, anticipate. The week are you before. gonna Are you gonna get down and dirty in that one, Dennis? Um, well, I don't know. you go. I have a bias to buy it every single day. It pulls <laughs> back right now, but I mean, you know, from a day trading perspective, I'm always biased to buy Tesla because it continues to, to just go higher i i don't know I, I would actually it was an ugly candle yesterday you get the snapback rally here this morning in it 
you know, you get up near that 600. I think you got people who are a little bit nervous here. Tesla could cool off. I mean, it's still two and a half weeks away. I think it gets hot again right before the ad. But I could see a period where Tesla could cool off for a week or two. So you know what? I'd actually probably sell the pop today if I was in it. What about, and maybe this is not the, you know, I know like trying to figure out, you know, Tesla, 600 stocks. What about shorting the 59 stocks that they're going to take out of the S&P 500? Well, I know. <laughs> they, haven't, they still haven't said what they're going to take out. Nope. I don't know how, how the that hell works. They you have do that, that kind of market cap. And what, what, who's coming out? I mean, I guess it's just. You still got to have 500 stocks. What the hell are they going to do? I think they don't know. That's why they haven't said who's <laughs> coming out yet. They haven't figured it out. So it's, it's a tricky situation and it is you. going to impact everything. So, I mean, you could see a major, a lot of stocks as it's going in be selling off because of this. So it's going to impact in different ways. There's going to be some different opportunities that you know I can't even think of here. But like I said, we've never added something this big. So it's yeah. going to be interesting Whew. on what it does to the indexes. Like the amount of money that has to buy Tesla, which is why the stocks run so substantially ahead of it, is very significant. The indexers that are chasing all the other. Think about how many S&P ETFs there even are. You know, oh, that after buy it. So. There's a lot of math going so, on here. If, if you too want to much, talk, too much for 830 in the morning. If you want to go to the smallest weightings, you know, we're talking like Under Armour and uh, Discovery and The Gap, right? Ralph Lauren, Fox. Yeah, but uh, they still got to keep 500 stocks in there. Xerox. I uh, know. This, this is this is going to be a test. We're gonna have it's going to be some before. shuffling going on. We'll yeah. say that much. They're going um, just real quick comment here. This may. Um, this may uh, incite another rant from Dennis, but uh, Brub B, I think new to the chat, advice to Robin Hooders. It's not about making it. It's about keeping it. So, I mean, that's that's true. That's true, man. I mean, make it, bank it, put it, you know, take your assets, put them in something else. And that's a really important thing. I, I really important concept. You can you can make a lot of money. You can lose a lot of money in the market. But if you well, that's young, what we've taught on this show forever. I, know. I mean, is to avoid FOMO because you you got to protect your capital. That's the whole goal. And I still try to do setups where I can come and bring myself into low risk trades. And that's why like, I'm not buying Blackberries back down to where I started talking about 715. I mean, I don't know how to control the risk on that. So let the I, dust I, settle. Let the yeah, dust I know. Settle. That's what you got to do. I mean, when stocks just run up 21%, I never usually like to buy the gap up. But I like the fact that that could be a, a catalyst, a story going forward for the stock. So you've got to always protect your capital at all costs. That's why I don't like jumping on a moving train. I like the stock to be in consolidation station and then strike. When I bought AMD last week, I was buying it because it was like, this could be a Bitcoin trade. And, you know, look at it. Take away the last three days of trading. It was like consolidating. It's bumping up against the highs, a slow, steady climb around 85. It's starting to look like, okay, well, this could eventually go. And then it does. So, I mean, that's what it is. It's all about setups. And, you know, if you're just randomly buying, you know, stocks, you know, after they're already running, you know, then you get hit because there's just a natural pullback that often follows a big move. It's usually that natural pullback that you want to be buying. Okay, Spence, we've been kind of all over the map here. We, yeah. uh, we haven't talked about Zoom. I know, that's where I was going to go next. You're reading my mind, uh, and I'm just scrolling back to the last quarter just to get some context. I'll give you the numbers with Zoom. I mean, no real surprise. The numbers were amazing. 
Q3 adjusted EPS, they made 99 cents per share last quarter versus a 76 cent estimate sales of 777 for $693 million. So they beat that estimate as well. They, what else did they say? Um, they gave guidance, and I will give you those guidance numbers here in a moment. They gave uh, Q4 adjusted EPS guidance. They give a range of 77 to 79 cents. That was above the 66 cent estimate sales. Guidance also above estimates in the low $800 million range versus $730 million estimates. So again, beat, beat estimates on both the EPS and sales guidance for the current quarter. And then for next year, they gave guidance and those numbers also were above estimates. So everything above estimates for Zoom uh, yesterday. And again, not a total surprise. We knew it was going to be a blow quarter. It was just to come uh, compare it they said well they said that they have 433 almost 434,000 customers with more than 10 employees and if you go back to the previous report in June they said they had 265,000 customers with more than 10 employees so from 265 to about 434 uh, customers with uh, more than 10 employees uh, quarter over quarter so again Ball on numbers, we knew it would happen for Zoom. Yeah. I mean, nothing surprising here. Even the stock reaction is not surprising because it's a stock that has a lot of really high expectations baked in. And here's a quarter that blows it away, really. But it can't go higher because it's just the expectations are just through the roof. And that's why I just don't think it's going back to the 588 level. Um, for 478, 445, they're still firing on all cylinders so it's hard to just get full-on bearish and say it's over but as we get closer to a vaccine the zoom story will cool off and then you start looking you're trading 50 60 times sales or whatever yeah it, it's tough it's tough the same thing goes with peloton you know i had i put these group these both these stocks together peloton had a great day yesterday it's down today because of zoom because they're like oh man you know here it is these two stocks are in tandem together even though they're obviously nothing to do with each other but they are both your classic lockdown plays and I think, you know, we're, we're, we've got light here at the end of the tunnel. It's why the reopening stocks have a relentless bid here right now. Every time they pull back, they're just bought again. Um, I think you're seeing that rotation here, and I think it could continue. So I don't want to be in either of these stocks. Zoom or Peloton. Uh, boy, it had to cap fill yesterday. How about, how about that for a, uh, just for like a textbook technical play? Uh, you had the the breakdown, it started on the vaccine Mondays, and then you had you had this low right here at uh, 482.73, and then yesterday it got, gave you more than enough time to get out of there, uh, 486.63. So, I mean, you had the gap fill there. And then also I thought, and I figured this out yesterday, we had about a 50% retracement here. I think what bulls and bears alike will be looking at this one, uh, and it'd be very important today's action. Uh, boom, boom, boom. And my numbers are never exact here, but you had this move uh, from the low 360 to 485. You're testing that move, and that's not down to 425. So let's see. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're trying to get long this thing. Let's over the next couple of days, but comes down to 425, has some consolidation, holds and maybe turns up, but you don't hold that 24, 425 area. 
you could be going, heading back down for the lows of the move. But it was kind of like, what were they going to do, right? I mean, after the, the run that they've had, after the quarter that they had last time, I mean. I don't know how it was going to go. How was it going to go? I mean, it, it's had so much of a run and so much overhead supply, too. That people, yeah, there's people caught in it now, too. And there's people who believe in the story and they think it's going to be one of the most valuable companies in the world. I'm not in that camp. Sorry. I, I am not in that camp either. Okay, SP is continuing the leak here. Uh down uh, down down. Down from the high. That's what I should say. I should never say down. Uh we're about huh. 10 points off the high here. Uh SP 500 futures. Spencer, what do you got? You want to bring on uh Mr. Sheen? Is he our, our guest today? Uh I want to cover Neo real fast before Nick is here. He'll uh but I wanted to just do Neo quickly. Just sure couple catalysts here from there's two catalysts this morning one is neo themselves that came out <clears throat> came out with their deliveries for november they delivered 5291 vehicles last month up 109 percent year over year they also caught an upgrade from goldman sachs uh going from sell to neutral giving neo a 59 dollar price target so double catalyst here from neo i mean goldman uh... I don't know. I don't, I don't remember when they went to sell. They were at buy. I'll tell you, I'll tell you when they went to sell. They've been active on this stuff. They were yeah. they were at buy. They made the big buy call at like five bucks. They were all over it. Like, I mean, that was the catalyst that got Neo started. Do you remember that, Spencer? Can you yes. go back and get the date? Yes, I I can tell you actually. So uh their their coverage on Neo started uh it actually started it started last year. Uh, and then they downgraded the stock uh, late last year. They upgraded Neo to buy in June. That was on June 3rd of this year. Then two weeks or three weeks later, they downgraded Neo <laughs> back to neutral. Uh, and then they downgraded Neo again in mid-July to sell. And now here they are today upgrading back to neutral. So they went from buy to neutral to sell to neutral within 12 months they had the best call right off the hop they put the buy on it when nobody else put the buy on it and then they sold too soon like i always do but then they went bearish way too soon and now they're trying to cover themselves so i don't know you know you talk about over trading yeah they that, you know <laughs> you're right this is like a classic like maybe they're <laughs> this is me you're over trading this thing Did they like over analyzing dude i mean they're over analyzed this to stay yeah. by and they've been geniuses exactly exactly uh it hit 53 right on the kisser uh so it backed off a buck on that keep your eye on your daily highs i mean it's important i think today's a you know, I mean, a lot of days are important for this one, obviously, with the numbers, but it's got a big catalyst behind it. I mean, I, I expect it to do a little bit better than this. I'll just give you a all time closing high is 5538. Uh, but right now, 53. I mean, that's not even at yesterday's high at 5439. So you got a couple above targets there in Neo off the Goldman Sachs upgrade. Whew. A brave, that's a brave guy upgrading this right here. <laughs> All right. Nick Shaheen is on with us. He's the author of Create Income with Option Spreads and SellSpreads.com. Nick, are you selling spreads in, in Neo? Oh, oh Nick's on mute. Unmute Nick. How do we unmute Nick? He is on mute. Let's unmute him. Nick, good morning. Try that. Hey, I'm here. Okay, we hear you. You're selling your Neo this morning. Uh, no, I'm not selling spreads in Neo. It's hard to pinpoint that way. It's probably better to buy on this one um, if you know how to swing it. 
Um, but selling spreads is kind of a challenge when something moves this fast and has so much froth in it. In other words, at yeah. what level am I confident yep. to, yeah. to own it? Usually that's my backdrop. If I sell a spread and it goes bad on me, worst case scenario, I would take the stock and not even defend it and sell the, the, the protection puts for even more um, uh, profits. So in you this don't case, want the stock though. No, it loses like 10 or $11 billion a year. Um, I'm not sure they can sustain that in a rising. Um, they don't create the cash they spend, I don't believe, last time I looked. That's pretty tricky. So if the environment changes to where borrowing becomes somewhat difficult, you saw what happened to almost happened to Tesla when there was rumor that he couldn't borrow then it would die. I mean, you can go out of business while making money. I'm not foreseeing that for Neo. I'm just saying that the environment now is ideal. What happens if there's a hitch in the giddy up there? So um, I don't want to own the shares. So I would rather bet on it by uh, studying the chart and seeing if I can um, gamble on it that way. Uh, I, I see it bouncing overnight, but it's important. The 53 kind of uh, plus or minus a few pennies is important. Based on yesterday. How come? What are you based it on? Okay, said- so so yesterday, if I, I can literally, I mean, I don't, I can't share it with you, but based on the action yesterday, it hovered above the fifty-three, tried to hold the fifty-three, and then whoosh, all um, uh, to yesterday overnight, and then yesterday fell below it, spent the whole day below it, and today it's trying to get above it. So to me, visually, fifty-three plus or minus is the bogey for Neo today. And that's the pre-market high too, just to let you know. Right, that's, that's what that's I'm what looking I'm, at. I'm okay. looking at that ping versus, if you look two days ago, it held it. It came down 253 and bounced off of it overnight, bounced off of it, had a rally overnight yesterday before the day opened, and then the day opened and it was a disaster. And then now it's trying to recover that ledge somewhere around 50. You know what? Also looking at this one, just on the daily, like let's say you're trading. I mean, and there's, I have no exact number right there, but like 50 bucks, you know, you just got to think that, you know, this had a hell of a run halfway to a hundred. It's been above it for what? One, two, three, four, you know, this is going to be the, uh, the sixth day. I mean, just like a soft number. I, I can't, like, I can't pinpoint and say, you know, hey, there's a daily like yesterday's low was forty eight eighteen, and you popped up and you closed at fifty fifty three. But just looking at that daily there, I just if I was long this, which I'm not, I'd be fifty bucks. It's, it's kind of a psychological level too. Um, yeah, I mean the, the the story is amazing. They do have sales, which is great. Uh, a lot of the other EVs don't. Uh, it's speculative, so they've got that going for them. Um, there's no denying what they they're accomplishing, but it's not a Tesla because the Tesla financials have become so much better. And this one has to make that turn. So it is a gamble right now because of how much money they lose. Um, so in order to deliver these these profits. And um, I still say that if indeed the, I, the internal combustion engine is on its way out, first of all, it's going to take decades to make that flip. Long time. Yep. It's 90 million vehicles versus two, two and a half EVs. So that's the potential, right? But Huge. if indeed if indeed that's going to be the way of the future, it's going to be the incumbents that deliver that. In other words, the big guys that deliver the 90 million now will be making the switch quicker than these other niche EVs um, going to be able to fill that need. So all these companies that are coming up 
are staying, in my opinion, will be the niche suppliers for the future. The GMs and the Fords and the VWs and Audis and all of that will be the ones that actually make the transition into EVs rather than these new ones filling all the upside. Yeah. Uh, Nick, did you, did you trade uh, a question from our chat here, the Salesforce Slack situation at all? Um, no, I, you know, I've shared in, in chats to go long on uh, CRM for dips. Um, there's a company that does, uh, w- that executes well on plans and um, they have an excellent CEO. He's proven to be, to know what he's doing. So I will give him the benefit on a doubt on the slack. I don't like it when companies pay up so much for something, but I will give him the benefit of the doubt. So inside the prism of a bullish market, I will catch the falling knife of CRM. And my method, my preferred method is to do a, um, a to sell puts or put spreads at levels that make sense um, to, and that is different from person to person because not everybody perceives risk the same way. I'm pretty conservative. So I'll take the, you know, 20%, 15% yield on risk for an 85% chance of success versus the um, higher return at a lower odds. I agree with you, Nick. I think on a dip here, and I was talking about it. I, I hope we get a nice dip on CRM if they do announce the merger. I'm not sure if we only if we got that yesterday and now they're like, okay, well, we're going to buy it no matter what. But I think you get down to 230s on CRM. I kind of yep. like the right in the puts on this. Thing. Right. So this is the, the, you mentioned the level that has proven to be the bounce level for CRM. So to me, the assumption is that it continues to be so unless uh, it falls apart. And once it falls apart, there are levels, there's still a mini gap to cover down to 218. So um, I took a small debit call spread out in the future, $10 wide for CRM. Um, Just to relieve the itch of doing anything much more before the earnings. So this is a controlled uh, expense with a, a chance to double or triple uh, into the first quarter of next year. Uh, and if I'm wrong, I'll just, um, you know, do my usual catch the falling knife after the fact. What else is on your radar, Nick? We've yeah. seen lots of rotation happening yeah. here. The reopening stocks have caught bids. They seem like every time they pull back a little bit, they're just bed up again. I mean, this market had went from, it was tech and that was it, to everything really except tech. I mean, tech is still holding up okay, but it hasn't participated like everything else did. When the hell did the IWM just start taking over? <laughs> right. But I think, uh, you know, the edge that IWM had was that it had uh, pent up demand from 2018. That was the in- only index that hadn't made a new high since 2018. So once it made a new high, it was like feast or famine and they all wanted everything IWM. So if, you know, I find it funny that the experts uh, in the media say um, you have to sell tech in order to participate in the smaller value or smaller caps or value stocks. Um, I just don't see a a rallying stock market without tech. There might be some uh, lagging uh, on tech's behalf, but they still have the best um, opportunity going forward, especially in a down, like if things go bad with the headlines, they will hold up better than the rest in my opinion. So, but I'm, I still think the opportunity now is to actually use the charts and find um, individual stocks. Like we looked at, we went long, uh, PayPal, Lulu, ba- Baba on the dips several times. And um, 
there are opportunities like this. So if CRM falls, uh, even Zoom, uh, I, I heard you guys talking about it. It's tradable. The dip is tradable. Uh, people believe in it. And I did a video yesterday. And if you go back and watch it, it was prophetic as to what was going to go on. I said, they, it's, it's about perception. I said they beat 350, whatever, last time percent um, over last year. Because last year's comps, even this report, did not have COVID in it. They might have one more next year. Yep. But after that, this is where the come to Jesus talks will, come, will happen. When it, next year, they report over comps of this year, which have COVID in them. That will be the uh, truth. You know, now they're growing 350% over years where the results did not have any COVID effect in them. That's an easy comp to roll over. But once you roll over a tough comp, then so they have runway for another three months, in my opinion. So I would catch the dip for a trade. Are, are you planning? It's down 7% here today. Are you yes. planning on writing some puts today? Uh, well, not puts because I don't own. I don't want to own the shares, so I okay. will probably sell a put spread. Uh, that makes sense, and by making sense, I mean just purely from the chart itself. So I see, it's uh, let's see, four forty-three or so. Um, you have the proven support level against which you can sell risk. Such a good point you're making. When you don't want to own the shares, you do the put spread. When you do want to own the shares, you just sell the puts naked. Yeah, I in this case I have no faith in it uh, because I do like the product. I think they're they were positioned well to take advantage of this um, environment of social distancing, um, but I I don't think that the expectations are realistic. Uh, I mentioned it here before. I'm I'm tired of myself saying it, but having 90 years worth of sales baked into the stock price right now is lunacy. Um, just to put an absolute comparison, I always fall back to Amazon. It grows 30% a year for the decade. It only has four and a half years worth of sales baked into the stock price, and they consider it expensive. This is 90 times, 90 years, not 90 times, so 20 times. It's <laughs> a lot of sales. Yes, it's a lot of expectations. <laughs> How much can you fill? That's I a scary way of putting it. That's what it is. The yeah. price to sales is actually 97 as of yesterday. Oh. Yeah. Pretty high expectations there. Yeah. So Which you can't fill that. There, there's going to be disappointment. Disappointment translates into lower stock. So today, a 7% tizzy. Um, I don't know what they did. Did they beat expectations? Did they raise guidance? Of, of I don't know. Of course even... they did. Of course they did. They did all okay. the So they there you go. Right, but still they down. delivered everything right. And this is my point. Um, the overnight reaction on any earnings, even if you have the PLs in your hand and the balance sheet, um, are are a complete gamble because we don't it's like a double coin flip. We don't know what they're going to say and report. We don't know how people are going to react to it. Nick, how uh, how far out do you go? Uh, as far as selling the risk? Yeah. Um, I don't like to do short term because that kind of hampers your hand. I know people like to do it every week, but if you do it every week and something goes wrong, it immediately prices against you and it's hard to save it. So I, I, I like to leave about three weeks at least. Uh, sometimes I do overnight. Like yesterday, I wanted to bet on an overnight rally. I sold uh, puts spreads in the SPX um, for Wednesday. So I will book those today. Um, I will leave money on the table. So if it's 10 cents to close today, I will pay the 10 cents to close it. Um, I don't like to leave cheap risk open for one day. But when I'm betting on a stock uh, like this, I, I don't do this week's 
because I can't tell you what they're going to do tomorrow, but I could tell you that the zone will hold, give it a few days. So I will probably use two, three weeks out, maybe, maybe December. And if I believe in the company, I'll go to January and make it a big position. But in this case, I don't. If 375 falls for whatever reason, it's a gigantic inverse cup and handle that will bring the twos in, into sight. But I don't want to say that because I'll get tomatoes thrown at me. <laughs> <laughs> I get tomatoes thrown at me all the time. I just make ketchup. Yeah, it's amazing. I do a video on hey, something guys. and, I, and yeah. I give caveats. I'm not saying it's going there, but this if this happens, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if this happens, you have to consider this scenario. And I get cuss words. What are you thinking? What are you, what? There's People no don't like it when you talk about their old <laughs> stock that they're long in a bearish way. People don't right. like that. But it's, <laughs> and we it's do it an, all the time. It's, and the it's opposite, an, too. The opposite, an, too. Oh, yeah, they don't like me talking bullish about a stock that they're short. <laughs> it's but. an agnostic opinion. In my, so headlines aside, if you didn't see that 500 was going to be a difficult zone for Zoom, then you're not considering the charts. It's like an island uh, from uh, from November, early November, there were two candles there that failed miserably. Yeah, I see that. And that's probably Pfizer, the Pfizer headline. Yeah, regardless. Right. <laughs> Vaccine Monday. Right. So, you know, headline or not, coming into 500, that prior failure, that would have caused selling all by itself. So earnings or not, it was going to find selling sellers there. What about gold, you, Nick? What about gold? So I went long to GDX a little bit too soon, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it would hit support against uh, the candle from uh, October, the late October, like 36, I thought would hold, uh, but it didn't. So this bounce here will probably repair my trade on that. So I will probably fix that and get out. I did like gold, GLD. It should have held um, in in level-wise, but now it's falling to 165-ish, 164, 65 has been a pivot. If you look back to July, that was a good base for a long rally. So falling into it should be a good base to hold. So if I'm long gold here, I don't get out. Um, and chasing it, it will have, the GLD will have resistance into 176. Uh, there was a big candle at 175. That was a big drop. Uh, on on November twenty third, so you have to pay attention to that. Yep. All right. Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads, putting Zoom's valuation into a different perspective for us, giving his thoughts on gold and Salesforce and others. Uh, Nick, as always, we appreciate your time. Have a good one. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. Looking forward right. to it. Uh, let's do some tickers from the chat and then start with Salesforce. Here, they do have um, earnings tonight. That is the headliner. Of the of tonight's after hours earnings slate, they you think they're going to announce the work deal with uh, yeah. with with yeah. the conference I mean, call? What... It's possible. Yeah, I mean, we're, CNBC is saying a deal can be expected to be announced today. I've heard uh, just you know that people are saying that it actually the work the Slack premium could even be in the upper twenties billion. So right now, if we're just looking, we don't know what it's going to be. So it's obviously just all speculation. Um, but if we're looking here, we're 24 billion is what it was at the close. So if it's in the upper 20 billions and you could see a 50, yeah, so I don't know. I think, you know, David Faber was even yesterday saying that there could be a premium on where it was yesterday. And that's why I had the pop again, because it was trading around 41. And then David Faber came on CNBC and said, look, you know, um, from my sources, it could actually be a premium to where it is trading right now. 
So not, uh, you know, before the deal got, you know, rumors started when it was 29 to where it's trading now. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw this thing go off for a 50. And I think um, they, I think they, if it, if it goes off at, at that high of a premium, they probably hit CRM. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll hit CRM. Now, that. again, if CRM pulls back in the 230s, are you a buyer though? I think I would be. So, or the 220s to fill the gap. I don't think you're that getting area. that far. I don't think they'll hit it that far. Again, if it's an all stock deal, they hit it harder than if it's stock and cash. Yeah. So, exactly. because then you got the risk arbs coming in, like me, where they buy the stock, this one and sell the other. So it's hard to trade this, but I don't think there's this, it sounds like a deal is imminent and it sounds like it could actually be a premium. So is it free money to buy to 43? No, nothing's ever free money because on the breaks down, it could get ugly, but I would not be surprised if this deal is around 50. But my sources are telling me it's going to be cat. Uh, it's not going to be cash. It's going to be Bitcoin. I knew that was coming. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Bitcoin for other, other tickers. That's right. Don't steal my jokes, man. Don't steal my jokes on me. He it's knows like, me like a book though, but chat uh, asked about in Sego. We have not looked at this name. I'm long it. Falling off a little bit. Oh, you are? It's, yeah, it's... I bought it about a week and a half ago because I, I was looking people... for all the dogs the last <laughs> few months that haven't run. And I bought this at 950 because I thought that eventually the story, the 5G story, this just could get hot again. And it's pulled back significantly from those highs. So I'm back in in Seago. Wait, um, can I tell you a quick, a quick 5G story? Yeah, we I, love 5G I, stories. I bought, I bought a new iPhone over the weekend. Uh, I, I bought the iPhone 12. And I got, you know, it's like 5G enabled, right? And so I go through the whole thing. I A 5G phone, I know I have to get a plan, yada, yada, yada. I get home, and what do I find out? But 5G is not even available in my area. You don't even have anything <laughs> he 5G. He didn't even mention it to me. You have the 5G <laughs> phone, but it's easy. I just assumed that it was because I, I knew that Detroit had it, and apparently it's in Ann Arbor too, but I'm in the middle. <laughs> It's got the 5G phone and got no 5G, got 5G services. Phone with no 5G service. I was like, what the hell? How could you not make this to me? Anyway. So telling me it's not that awesome. Anyway. <laughs> I'm waiting for 6G, um, actually. But uh, I'm still, my phone here. Look at this oh, thing. man. Look at this thing. Worse. I don't even know what one this is. This the thing people, is like, I, I on sh- its, this is old, man. This is like five or six years old. I think it's the five. What is it? The. I don't even know. What, Spencer, what's mine? Mine's like. What are you uh, on? I'm on I the got, five something. I got a five. Actually, I have. It still a 10. works though. I have a ten because I bought you a, a five. Oh yeah, really no, updated. you know why? I bought a five, and then I didn't like the new phone, so I bought another five. So I have a ten. But uh, uh, Lisa did get the new one, and she figured, you know, she got it all set up, and we went. But I'm just like, I don't. I, I like the smaller phone. I like it in my pocket. I don't like, you know, I don't like the big phones, but um, well, yeah, I'm on the iPhone no, SE. I got it. I, got I think I got that too. I think I got that too. Yeah, um, I, see. I think it's like the five. I think it's a version of the five. I, I apologize for that tangent. That was on me. Anyway, back to, can you pull in to go again, Joel? 1050, Dennis. I mean, that's what you need to get up to. All right. We're trying. Broke, yeah. Broke down from that area. Just, and it had that big day, big reversal day off that 1050. So look for a target in that. And then uh, I think someone wants a, a Roku. 
Yeah. Wow. Story, 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 story is all that matters. And everybody's like hot for streaming, hot freebies, hot for streaming. This is the, this uh, brings you streaming. And I have two of them. But, you know, I still don't know how they continue to make money because, like I said, I bought the thing, which was like 30 bucks. And I bought the other one. And then I don't, they don't get any more money from me. So I, don't, I guess it's through advertising. There's a little advertisements going on there on your screensaver when it's going by. But I, I don't know. I think eventually this, you know, is not going to be a $293 stock, but you can't argue with the story. The story's still hot. I kind of just, I mean, there's, I can ballpark it and call it 270 okay i mean this is a long ways away but being a long ways away and you know not trying to pick a top in this thing has been uh been very very fruitful but i just look at the pair of lows at 268.14 268.60 another low at 270.77 so i don't i mean why you know why try and pick a top it's down to buck the only really reference points the all-time highs yeah i mean you want to see it make an all-time closing high and we had a little discussion about this we'll do pelletier next uh but you know as long as stocks are you know making new all-time closing highs then hard to know, be bearish yeah yeah really nothing to worry about what was that close from yesterday i mean uh the close from yesterday oh, it's not it's uh 93 57 so keep an eye and that was right near the high of the session uh, and just for using that as an example uh, i know a lot of people are trading this stock pltr um it had that all-time high and then it got citron and then i was just looking at the uh this the closing high from last friday and that was 29.05 i mean it got through it yesterday by you know it went to 30 and change but now you're looking at it and you're like, hey, that wasn't too bad of a sell. So it's just a little reference there, keeping an eye on the old time closing high. What else do you want to do from the chat? Uh, let's go to Intel. It's from the Benzinga Pro chat. I'm it. long it. It's I bought it just because value had started to come back into favor. I bought it about a week and a half ago at 45. It's 48.60. So the value trade working here. You, you're running into one level here, this 48.66, which was the day, obviously, it gapped down. I believe that was earnings, wasn't it, Spencer? Is that the earnings call? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's going to be your first run in trouble. You're going to kiss up at it right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if stalls out there. I'm long it because I think values is back in favor right now, and this could continue higher. So I'm staying long. You know what's interesting here, and just uh, going back to the BlackBerry, and I can't. You said something on the show that would just resonated a couple of weeks ago. You what's said, going? you know, what the hell has Intel done with um, that Mobileye uh, purchase? Yeah, that's right? why. That's, that's, that's what talked me into it was yeah, that comment. Yeah, that's, I bought it that day after after we had that conversation. Yeah, and the Mobileye and saying, well, they're going to be part of this autonomous. You know, don't count Intel out. You know, in the whole autonomous um, EV. Don't count them out because they do have that mobile eye asset. And what would that mobile eye asset be worth without Intel? It'd be worth a hell of a lot more. It would be hot right now. So people forget that Intel owns that. And don't forget, you know, Intel still chips. Chips are going to everything. So you know, everybody's counted Intel out. It's all AMD and NVIDIA right now. But I think the Intel, I think the Intel story could get hot again. And I'm long it and I'm planning on staying long it for a while. All right. And uh, getting into that gap area, probably above it right now. So you got 
a lot of Aaron is saying. Obviously, it's not going to whoosh up without a major announcement. But uh, 48.67 was the high on that gap day. So I think, you know, will we get up and fill the gap? Yeah, might take a couple months to do it unless you get a big announcement. But uh, looking good here, uh, Intel trading up. It hit 48.80 in the pre-market, but nothing there. I have nothing there until what's the gap fill? Uh, 53.07, Dennis. So get out there, 52.99 target. Huh. Okay, there you go. All right. Uh, our, our next guest has almost 30 years of experience uh, as a trader uh, and as a product manager. I'll bring him on now. His name is Sean Heron. He's the president and CEO of eOption. Sean, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Appreciate uh, is that. A real background? On your show. Is that a real background? <laughs> no, you okay. don't want to see what Chicago looks like right now. All right. Oh, it's kind of gray <laughs> and dark. <laughs> Well, we have similar weather here in Michigan. Um, yeah. Sean, uh, I'm curious. So, you know, we, we were talking earlier about the quote unquote, the Robin Hood trade and pseudonym for the retail trade, but uh, stocks that get hot on that platform tend to, you know, take off. What's been hot on your platform right now or this year, I should say, like, like what stocks are, are, are your clients trading? Yeah, sure. So we, we you know, e-option, hence the name. We, we certainly have a, a lot of option traders and, you know, with our price points, it enables our, you know, our users, our account holders to, you know, use different strategies that may not be, you know, something that works at other brokerage firms. So we're, we're at 10 cents a contract. So, uh, you know, SPY is a big one, certainly, you know, with so many expirations and strikes these days, you know, we, we see a lot of customers uh, putting on credit spreads on SPY. Uh, that, that's certainly a popular one. And then, of course, you know, the, the big liquid names, Apple, you know, Amazon. Uh, yeah. I got to ask you, when, yeah. how, how old is this company? Oh, well, the parent company, Regal, we've been in business in 76, so a little over 40 years. We launched Regal, e though, but how the hell did you get the name E-Option? I mean, <laughs> was, it, was it that? I mean, you think about the markets and you think about, uh, you know, E, I mean, that, that, that was still there. I'm bullish just on the name. Yeah. You know, it's a funny story. The, the uh, you know, the, the founder of the firm was a original member of the CBOE. So he was a, a board broker, you know, he was trading options at Dean Witter before <laughs> there was an exchange. So he, he kind of foresaw options. And so who when, was that not to be a name? Oh, sure. Uh, George Bocayas is his name. And, Okay. I knew a few yeah. guys down at the SIBO and yeah. uh, the yeah, OEX like pit. The, he ran the Polaroid pit and different <laughs> stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, when they deregulated commissions, he saw the opportunity and, and got into uh, the business in 76. And so, in, and then, you know, when people were buying names for uh, domain names back in, you know, the late 90s, he, he scooped up E-Option and then we launched it in 2007 so it's uh same thing with bob bright i mean he he saw the migration from the floor to uh, you know he didn't call it e bright trading or anything but uh yeah. interesting sorry for that tangent though yeah, I, just, no, uh, no, I, I like the name yeah i, I guess e trade was taken so yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that uh kind of spurred the idea yeah <laughs> uh so sean uh can you give us some insight into you, you know the the trade the patterns and the trading of, of your clients this year in terms of like what happened back in the spring in february and march and april and 
in in the sell-off and even what's happened since then with the rally like how have your clients been based on the, the data that you've seen and, and the activity that you've seen how have your clients been you know trading this market well yeah i mean certainly you know we're probably about 60 percent options 40 percent equities etf so you know Option traders like volatility, and certainly we saw a lot of that this year. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, around March, April, certainly it was risk management. And then from there, we've, we've seen a lot of uh, just, you know, people jumping in and, and taking advantage of, of this momentum swing that we've seen. And, um, you so know, like similar, it, like, you, like you've seen a similar um, increase in activity as have the other major brokers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, activity just uh, skyrocketed. And uh, so it's been a busy year. You know, we've, uh, we've uh, had plenty, plenty of to do. And uh, yeah, it's been exciting. We've, we've uh, enjoyed it. This kind of volatility, we packed so much in a year that, uh, you know, <laughs> seems like, uh, you know, 10 years worth of it. But yeah, I, I think we, we've seen some pretty good opportunities and, and our clients have taken advantage of that. And it's, uh, it's been good. So if what, if you were to give advice to someone that just started trading options here, what would be your number one recommendation or advice? I, certainly risk management is huge. Um, you know, you got to live to play another day. And so, you know, as a result, we, um, you know, we, we provide a lot of tools and, and uh, you know, content for our customers that revolve around options. And I, I think a lot of people who are new to options, it's, it's very overwhelming. You know, you go into an option chain and it's like, whoa, you know. So we've got some tools that really cut through, you know, all of that chatter, so to speak. And uh, so, you know, we, we use one is options play. I'm not sure if you've heard of that one, but it, uh, you know, it essentially hones in on, you know, trends and, and you know, specific stocks that you might be interested in. It gives you trade ideas, but it, it shows you in a simplified form, plain English, how to play it in different ways, such as a covered call or a vertical spread. And, and it, it has tools where you can input you know, how much you're looking to invest and, and what your time frame is. And, you know, so it, it really kind of cuts through all of that massive amount of data and it, it just kind of hones in on specific investments that you might be more inclined to take a look at. And so, uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, risk management, you know, playing front month or, or, or these weeklies can be pretty risky um good you know, buying time is important in, in my opinion what do you make sean of of these these newer platforms that have, have almost catered to the the novice trader right like you guys have been around the block sure. and yeah been, absolutely you know, you've been, uh, you know it, it's um they've certainly provided uh, a great entry point i think for a lot of new investors, I think they, there comes a time when maybe you graduate from that type of a platform and maybe want to use something a little more sophisticated. You know, we pride ourselves on service. So I know with some of these platforms, you, you cannot talk to a human. So we've got many, many brokers available. And, you know, our average wait time on the phone is about 10 seconds to speak to a human. So it's, 
Yeah, I think there's, you know, a, a lot of frustration in terms of the service aspect with those firms. And, and really on an app, there's only so much you can do. You know, certainly we have an app. We have a great app, I think. And, and uh, but having a desktop is a nice enhancement, you know, if, if you're really looking to dig deeper. Sure. And, you know, Shawnee, you've been at, you know, eOptions parent company really since before the dot-com bubble. So like how, how yeah. did, how is this year compared to, to the two previous bubbles we've had in the last two decades? Yeah. I always say I started here when I was in my twenties and, and I'm 50 now. So it's, uh, it's been a long time, <laughs> but yeah, you know, certainly I, I was here, you know, through the dot-com bubble, you know, 08, 09. And just, I think this year that just the most amazing thing is how, quickly everything happened you know it's you know a lot of those those events that happened previous to this you know took a lot of time to play out and just the sheer quickness with how quick it went down quick it came back and it's just been just on a monster tear here yeah and then just from your own trading i mean you you're also you also trade so how have you personally been navigating this yeah you know my, my strategy personally from for myself um I, I tend to look for you know vertical spreads debit spreads we call them and um you know I, I'm, I'm more of a positive person so i look at the call side and and you know that's my problem i look at the put side sometimes what are, yeah the only this is the only thing you do with puts and put spreads you sell them Right, right, absolutely. Take those credits, no <laughs> doubt. But I, I think the important things are is buying time and, and looking at names that have some sort of catalyst, whether it be earnings or a news event, you know, DraftKings earlier this year, you know, looking at it when it was 25. Now you've got catalysts coming in a stock like DraftKings. You know, there's Ohio, Michigan, New York that are looking to expand uh, – to the uh, sports gaming. And I think that'll be continue to go, but that's just one example. Um, So I I think those are important things. You need time and you need, uh, you know, some sort of catalyst that it's in the future. And Sean, just to get a feel for, for e-option, like who is the typical e-option client or customer trader? Yeah, typically, you know, I would say ours are a little more sophisticated, Um, you know, just um, probably, you know, 40s, 50s, uh, active traders. Uh, also, people just looking to sell covered calls. Um, you know, in, an, in a, an environment where interest rates are next to nothing, you know, income is important. So, but the volatility we've seen, these premiums on these stocks are just, it's, some of it's crazy. I mean, sell that premium, get yourself some income. Always a good, good advice. And if you're, if you're listening to our show and you're sensing or hearing a pattern, there are multiple guests repeating the same the same tips. It's because uh, they're good good advice. So uh, sell premium, uh, sell spreads. Uh, Sean Heron, as I mentioned, he's the president and COO of eOption, joining us here on Premarket Prep. Sean, thanks a lot for the time today. And thanks. Stay- Thank you guys. Enjoyed it. It's a pleasure. All right, uh, Joel, that's going to be a wrap. Any final thoughts here? 
Uh, just let me uh, pull up the S and P's here, real How's quick. Black, I saw you bring all that BlackBerry chart. How's BlackBerry doing? I have no. Yeah, one. yeah. Holy mackerel! Uh, oh, yeah, gosh, that, that was. Um, I put the June two thousand nineteen high. Th- this wait, I got it. I got to switch this up because this is not this. Uh, is not doing it any justice here. Uh, but there you go. You just straight up look at those bars. Uh, Let's chart. Show us a chart. Oh man, see, wait, see what wait. happens after me after nine o'clock. I completely fall apart here. Uh, let me get the um, too too bad we can't like I just automatically do that. Uh, there you go. Blasting off. Uh, keep an eye on the pre-market high. I noted the June 2019 high was 909. We'll see if we get that, but important to note what that pre-market high is because you're going to get you know, perhaps a whole new, you know, people are, we get the news, we report to news, people are able to uh, act on it immediately, but uh, 909 might be a, just a nice short-term target on that one. And uh, S&Ps, uh, I'll just give you one number for today, uh, pre-market high, well, I have to give you two numbers, pre-market high is 64.50, but on that first vaccine Monday, uh, when we had just that crazy open, we got the 36.68. So a uh, little bit of a potential sell zone if we get back out there. I don't think I'd be too inclined to buy a breakout above there just since we've up 75 points uh, from yesterday's low. But anything can happen in this market. We know that. Ain't that the truth? That's going to be a wrap here. Thanks to all the participation in our chat. We appreciate all the comments, all the super chats, all the like. Hit that like button below. We appreciate that. Thanks to our guests today, Sean, Heron, and Nick Shaheen. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. You can always email us, premarket at benzinga.com. I want to remind you, we have more programming on our YouTube channel, uh, SPAC Attack at 11. Today, they're going to be joined by Will Hershey, who's been on our show before. He's from Round Hill Investments. He's going to be talking um, uh, gambling, uh, the gambling trade happening right now. So a lot more stuff on our YouTube channel. Uh, that's what I got. Everyone have a good rest of your day. We'll be back with you right before the close. In the meantime, have a good uh Good luck out there and uh, stay safe.